Hello, Digital Cathedral family. Brace yourselves for an awe-inspiring journey on Don Keithley's podcast. Take a seat, find your comfort, and let's plunge into the heart of the divine. Here's the final 2023 message on December 31st titled, Growing from God's Acts to God's Ways. Greetings, everybody. Glad to have you with me once again on uh, Sunday morning here at the Digital Cathedral. Hard to believe. <laughs> this is the last Sunday of 2023. So we're going to talk a little bit about point forward, what it's going to look like maybe perhaps in 2024. This year has just gone by so quickly. And there have been so many great doors open to get this message of um, grace, inclusion, uh, unconditional love, the work of the Father out across the world. So I'm looking forward to great, great things in 2024. I have a lot of anticipation, great expectation. I want to start this morning over in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and let's read, let's pick it up at verse 14, and let's go down to verse 17. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 17. Now we're going to begin to get into some things this morning that I think are going to set the pace as we look forward to the new year. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says this, <clears throat> For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Right? That's you. You're being led by the Spirit of God. Yeah, I think you've come to understand that if you've been with me any length of time here at the Digital Cathedral, follow me on social media or The Secret Place. Uh, it's a life that we're now living. We are led by the Spirit. For you did not receive, verse 15 says, you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption, where my, we might cry, Abba, or Daddy, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The word children there is the word technon. That's not a fully matured son. Uh, a weos in Greek is a fully matured son. The word technon would be probably somewhat like a teenager. So all the characteristics of a teenager uh, are prevalent in our life, even though the Spirit is bearing witness with our spirit that we are the technons, the teenagers, the adolescents. Not fully mature yet, but that doesn't impede the Spirit witnessing to our spirit. And if we're children, then we're heirs. Boy, this is a good position. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I don't think there could be, going into 2024, any greater realization of what all that encompasses. And we could probably spend all 2024 thinking about what that means to be an heir of God because it opens up a whole lot of things, a whole lot of dimensions that are, are very intriguing and very interesting. But that's not where we're going to go, at least for the foreseeable future. Let me make a point right here. It's back at that 14th verse. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's you. I said that's you because now you're being led. No longer are you being driven. <laughs> Remember those days you were driven? You thought God was driving you? Uh, no, he's leading you. Uh, one of the things that I'm often asked is, he's leading us. Where are we going? Where is he leading us? Where is he taking us? Uh, people say, well, you know, I, I've deconstructed religion. I've gotten rid of a lot of the garbage. I've got a lot of, rid of a lot of the hang-ups, the legalism, the hoop jumping that I went through for so, for so many years. 
and I'm walking in freedom. I got uh, at least a good level of understanding about what grace is apart from works. I'm no longer trying to uh, earn my salvation, no longer trying to uh, get on God's good side, trying to rack up brownie points with him. We've uh, seen and we've embraced the finished work of the cross. We understand that Jesus did it all. I, uh, we understand it's no longer all about eternal destiny, where we're going to go, heaven or hell. Because we come to the realization that what Jesus said in Luke 19.10 is true. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we've come to a place where we realize he was successful in his mission. He, didn't, he doesn't just seek us out. He saves us. All that was lost, he has not only sought, but he saved. So we understand that. Uh, we fully grasp what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5.19, that God was in Christ reconciling the world. The, the, the word for world there is the word cosmos. It's the entirety of creation. He has reconciled to himself, not imputing, not adding up our sins and trespasses anymore. We've come to see the good news, uh, like Ephesians 1.4, that he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. So all this, this 2023, and some of us well before that, we begin to understand some things that were absolutely contrary to what we had been nurtured, what we had been groomed to believe in our religious days. Now we're understanding it's about walking in relationship. It's about um, demonstrating the kingdom. It's about understanding that everything that the Father does includes us, that he loves us unconditionally, and that his mercy endures forever, even way beyond death. His, his mercy doesn't stop the day we take our last breath. So the, the thing that we're probably curious about is where we're headed. Where are the technods or the weases? Or if you're just beginning, uh, the word would be napios, infant, pation, uh, toddler up to technon weas and eventually being a patier a father of the faith where are we going in 2024 i want to lay out for you the direction i think you're going to find that we're headed in this new year this is what i see coming down now you may see something a little different you may see something entirely different and that's fine but i would like to unwind for you based on what i see coming in 2024 probably where the digital cathedral in the secret place are going to begin to track. Now this might take me two weeks to lay out. Probably, I, I can almost tell you for sure, it's gonna take me two weeks to unwind this whole thing. But I'm, real, I'm really uh, excited about 2024. I think it's gonna be an explosive year for the things of God. We have seen so much happen over the last, I mean, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the things that we talk about, nobody would have ever talked about in church. You would have been expelled, excommunicated, tossed out, called a heretic. Now, many of those things that we begin to break the trail in 20 years ago are now being embraced. You know, hell's illusion. The, the idea that we're not going to spend eternity burning in a customized torture chamber if we stand before God and he gives us a thumbs down. It doesn't work that way. We found out that's not the nature of the Father. Let me just take you up 30,000 feet, the start of the teaching this morning. Here's what I see coming from, from a 30,000 foot perspective, just looking down on it, getting a big picture. That's probably a good way to say it. Getting a big picture of 2024, and this, there's going to be a lot of branches that run off of this. But I would say in 2024, 
He's going to be taking us back with an increasing intensity to the tree of life, to the tree of life. The tree of simply responding to him, what he speaks to you. I think in 2024, you're going to become increasingly uh, independent and confident in what the Father speaks to you, which is going to be new for, for so many of us that have had a background in religion where we depended on somebody else to tell us what God is saying and the direction that we need to go. I think he's taking us back to the tree of life where you're going to begin to learn to respond. And this is an important step because, listen to me closely, because all forms of death and senses of uh, false separation from the Father have entered through the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, when Adam and Eve ate from that tree, there were certain things that entered into the system of the cosmos, into the system of the world. And we have been a part of that because all of us ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in 2024, as the Father begins to move us back, and we're already beating a path to that tree, we're seeing the validity of simply responding to what the Father says to us, apart from logic, apart from what might seem reasonable, uh, what, how appearances would present it, we're learning that the important thing is what the Father says, we simply respond to it. Now, here's what's important. Here's what's important. As we respond to the tree of life and vacate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, those things that entered the human race that we demonstrate that still cling to us, uh, death, sense of separation from God, those things dissipate. In fact, they entirely disappear. So let's begin to break this down. Can we do that? Let's begin to break this down for 2024. Let's begin over at Psalm 103 and verse 7. Speaking once again to all of you that are being led by the Spirit, no longer driven, but you're led, you're pulled, you're drawn. Uh, that's how the Father works. In fact, you can tell uh, the difference between the leading of the Spirit and the leading of your flesh. The leading of your flesh always drives you, always makes you feel inadequate. It always pushes you. You feel uh, a sense of panic. But the way the Spirit works, he draws, he leads, uh, he pulls gently. Right? And so as you experience that in your life and you begin to move toward that tree of life, you're going to see some drastic changes take place, and they're all good and they're all positive. All right, let's begin to talk about uh, where we're going in 2024. Psalm 103, I want to read one verse of scripture, and then we're going to expand on it for the rest of the time that we teach this morning. Psalm 103, verse 7 says this, He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Now, if you have your Bible, uh, I underlined in my Bible, and I don't know how many of you have your Bible handy when we go through these things, but Psalm 103 and verse 7, I underlined the word ways and acts. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. There's a tremendous difference between experiencing the acts of God and the ways of God. So let me just draw some distinctions. There's nothing wrong with either one of them. I love the acts of God. I love the ways of God. 
But in 2024, we're going to begin to move away from a dependence on the acts of God, and we're going to begin to mature into the ways of God. And I want to take my time this morning and begin to teach that, teach what I feel that encompasses and what's involved in this. So let me just draw some lines of distinction. He said he made known his acts to the children of Israel. The children of Israel knew the acts of God. What were the acts of God that they knew? They were the unexpected sovereign moves of grace, just the favor of the goodness of God. Uh, they were not the norm. They were um, the suddenlies, the acts of God of the suddenlies, like in the day of Pentecost. Suddenly there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind. The acts of God are the miracles. They are the things that God just does. He just moves because he's sovereign. He can do as he chooses. I would say the acts of God, I like to call them the showstoppers. They're the, they're the things that gather the crowds. They're the spectacular. Uh, uh, the acts of God delivered them from, from Egypt. The act of God parted the Red Sea. The act of God led them into the promised land. All of those things are acts of God. Generally, generally, I think it's safe to say that the acts of God are a one-time happening that may not be repeated. Now, the ways of God, on the other hand, that, that verse says in Psalm 103, verse 7, it says that Moses learned the ways of God. Now, you learn the ways of God in time you spend in intimacy. The 40 years that Moses spent on the backside of the wilderness, the, the three years that Paul spent uh, in the desert after his Damascus Road experience, the 14 years that he kind of laid low, he was learning the ways of God. They're, they're hammered out in intimacy. You, be, you begin to develop strong relationship. Uh, deep revelation comes that begin to expose the ways of God. Moses knew the ways of God, and he learned that. He learned the ways of God in the time that he spent alone with God. The ways of God build the kingdom. The ways of God uh, uh, lead you into in, to the promised land, which is an act of God, but then how you clear the promised land, how you begin to settle into, let me move it from promised land, into the kingdom, into the kingdom of God. Uh, the ways of God tap the eternal supply that we spend a lot of time talking about that's invisible, but the ways of God teach us how to tap what is invisible and bring it in to the visible. The ways of God uh, lead us into supply that is never exhausted. It never runs out. I, 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 I like to say it like this. This might explain it very simply. The acts of God are like a microwave, right? Boom, it just happens suddenly. It happens quickly. It doesn't take long. The ways of God are not a microwave. The ways of God are crockpot. You learn them over a period of time. It's here a little, there a little. Uh, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. The acts of God, and we, we thank God for, for his acts. I mean, his sovereign acts. I mean, how many times have, have his acts really, the, the acts of grace pulled us out of messes, out of uh, obstacles, out of adversity? The acts of God are for those that have not matured and learned his ways. Let me say this again. Let me say it better. Dependence on the acts of God. 
are for those that have not matured and learned the ways of God. The, the way of God, the ways of God says it's all done. It's finished. It's completed. And now we need to awaken. We need, we need to uh, come into a place of awareness and perception of what is already there, of what we already possess, of who we already are. That's the entranceway into the ways of God. Now that, that causes a lot of panic among those that are used to seeking the acts of God. Let me say it like this. The ways of God teach us to fish. The acts of God, out of his love, out of his kindness, out of his mercy, gives us the fish. So the plan of God, I believe, in 2024 is that we don't depend on an act to give us the fish. He's bringing us as sons and daughters into a place through his ways where we can tap in to receive the fish. So when you're seeking the acts of God, you're seeking something from the hand of God. When you seek the ways of God, you're learning the heart of God, the way that God operates, the way that God thinks, and you're beginning to see through the eyes that God sees. So here's what's going on. This is why it's apropos to you this morning with me at the Digital Cathedral. God is transitioning a people that understand grace, the finished work, unconditional love, inclusion, mercy that endures forever. On at least some level, he's taking people that have entered into that degree, that have at least that level of understanding, the inclusiveness of the finished work of the cross, and he's moving us into a, a deeper, uh, more secure, stronger revelation of his ways. So we've built on a foundation of grace. We've constructed some pillars, and I've taken a lot of time about these pillars. The pillars are uh, the inclusiveness of God, the unconditional love of God, the mercy of God, uh, identity, authentic identity as divinity. Those are all pillars. Those are now settled into your life. So now the Father is saying, okay, now, and we, we've hit a little bit on the fringe of this in 2023 by talking about being a, a co-creator with the Father. Now he's saying, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to, in a, in a greater degree, with more intensity, more revelation, begin to get you to where you understand my ways so that you can pull on those ways as Jesus did at any time. Let's look at a scripture here. We haven't looked at one in a couple minutes. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. Matthew chapter 4. This is before we get to the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. Let me just get over there real quick. It's hard to turn these pages sometimes. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17. It says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven, which... In Luke and uh, Mark and Luke, the other Gospels, it's, it would say the kingdom of God. And Matthew, being Jewish, was just showing us where the kingdom comes from. He says, repent for the kingdom. Let's just say the kingdom is at hand. That means it's close. It's right there. You're entering into it. So we're in this transition time. Now, he said, repent. That doesn't mean ball squall and ask God to forgive you. Repent, metanoia, means a simple 
change of mind, a change of direction, a turning of 180 degrees. So he's saying, I want you to, I want you to change your mind because the kingdom is here. As you come into the kingdom, you begin to leave the dependence on the acts of God and you begin to understand the ways of God. Now, that's a tough transition for a lot of us, especially if you have a charismatic background, a Pentecostal background. Uh, you, if you have your roots in a, in a um, church system where you spent a lot of time pursuing the acts of God. How many times did you go to a prayer meeting and the whole thrust of the prayer meeting was to beg and plead for God to move, for God to do something, for God to come and bless us with his presence? That's an act of God. To bring revival to the land, that's an act of God. To do something spectacular and extraordinary, to shake the city, that's an act of God. Right? So when we're, when we're accustomed to, to asking God to act, it's a tough transition to say, okay, now we're going to begin to mature and he's going to begin to bring us. He's bringing us, not beginning, he's bringing us, he's brought us into this place where we're now beginning to understand his ways. And his ways are so much more powerful, so much more valuable to us in our kingdom walk. Again, nothing wrong with the acts of God. We thank God for his suddenlies and his, and his miracles and his moving sovereign. We thank him for all of that. But that's not what's going to sustain us as we learn to walk in the kingdom. He's pulling us into the Holy of Holies. He's drawing us. He's leading us by the Spirit. And he's showing us that that still small voice is exposing and revealing to us the heart of God. And he's saying, this is the way I want you to walk in it. It's how Jesus lived. Jesus lived and functioned in the ways of God. Now, when he expressed those ways, oftentimes people that saw it thought it was a miracle. And all Jesus was doing was operating in the way that he knew that his father operated. All right, let, let, let me give you an example. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And let's, uh, let's read a couple of verses here to just illustrate what we're actually talking about at, at this place in the, in the teaching today. John chapter 4, verse 32. John chapter 4 and verse 32 says this. Jesus said, I have food to eat that you don't know anything about. And I think that food that he's eating about is talking about the ways of God, the way that the Father acts. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anybody brought him something to eat? See, they were thinking natural. Anybody gone down to Chick-fil-A and brought Jesus a sandwich? Jesus isn't talking about that. He said, I've got food to eat. Food sustains you. Food strengthens you. Uh, food readies you. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of God do the will of the one that sent me, and to finish his work. Now, for him to finish the work, he had to tap in to the ways. His communion, his, his food, the food that he ate was communion with the Father. It was the time that he spent alone with the Father, the realization of his oneness. This is what, this is what takes us deeper into the ways of God. As we say, okay, our food, man, what really sustains us, what really uh, feeds us is the time that we just quiet ourselves down. And this is going to be so important in 2024 that we get in that place, that we quiet ourselves. We learn to hear. 
We're not, we're not going to spend our time saying, God, please, sky God, please come do something supernatural. Sky God, come bless us. Come give us your presence. Come shake our city. No, we're moving into a place where he's going to begin to utilize you as he did Jesus to demonstrate his heart, his ways. Now, some people are going to look at it and say, that was a miracle. How did you do that? And all it is going to be a result of is what you carry from that secret place. So if we're going to live the Christ is us life, we're going to have to tap his ways and no longer, listen to my wording, no longer chase his acts. That's a tough one for religion. As the Father began to show me this some time ago, I tell you what, it, it messed with me because I'm used to saying, God, I need this. God, I need that. God, would you please come do this? Please, you know, please, please, please. His acts. He's saying, no, 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 son. I'm going to begin to speak to you. I'm going to begin to communion with you. I'm going to begin to unveil to you the way I, I am, my ways. And you can take his ways to the bank. They will work. If we're going to live out of our never-ending kingdom supply, if we're going to tap resources that have no end, if we're going to continue to go deeper in moving the invisible to the visible, that which you cannot see to what you see, creating what you see out of what you don't see, as the Father does, then we're going to have to learn His ways. We're at a point in time when He wants to reveal them. We're going to have to renew our mind to some things. Renewing the mind is going to be big in 2024. Continual mind shifts. We're going to renew our mind to the fact that there is only one power in our life, and it's the Father. We're going to have to renew our mind to the fact that Christ is our life. We have no life apart from him. We're going to have to renew our mind to the fact that without him, we can't do anything. We're zero. But with him, all things are possible. To him that believes, all things are possible. See, that's moving into that dimension of learning his ways. So renewing your mind is going to require some things. It's going to require that we, as I said just a minute ago, is that we get ourselves quiet. We learn to listen to that voice that is inside. That voice that is inside is another way of saying the tree of life. Jesus was the word that was made flesh. Let me back it up just a minute. The reason why it's important to hear that word that comes from inside is because the word that comes to you from him inside that teaches you his ways will not return void. It will accomplish the thing that it was sent. Now let me bring Jesus into it. Jesus was the word that the Father sent to the planet. The word became flesh. And he did not return void. When Jesus was sent to the planet as the Word of God made flesh, he accomplished everything fully, entirely, completely that he was sent to do. And as you learn the ways of God, the Word that he speaks to you about your situation, your business, your marriage, your children, that Word that he speaks to you, that you say, okay, I've got his Word on this. It's not from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what seems right or what I think I should do, how I should discipline my children or how I should respond to my spouse. He's shown me what I need to do on this and I respond to it. That takes, that takes the death, the, the uh, disconnectedness from life out of the situation. 
in, in the same way that voice will empower you as it did Jesus to trust that invisible supply that is more real than the visible. I also think that's going to be a threshold maybe we don't fully enter into in 2024, but we're going to approach it. We're going to encroach it to where the invisible seems more real to us than the visible. There's a, there's a line we step over on this. It's, it's like that line you stepped over when you knew that you knew that you knew that you were a son. When you knew that you knew that you knew that there was no hell. When you knew that you knew that you knew that all were included. When you knew that you knew that you knew that he loved you unconditionally, right? There's that, there's that, there's that line of demarcation when, when there's never a doubt again. And I think that line is, is going to be, as we mature, is going to make the invisible seem more real than the visible. Again, another scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm telling you this year is going to be off the chart. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Here's why I say that it is more important. This year we're going to see uh, the validity of the invisible, and it's going to become stronger uh, than the visible. Some of you are going to cross over that threshold. And as you cross over that threshold and you see the invisible is not vacillating, as being reality, as being true, it's going to be a lot easier to bring it into the visible. All right. I has not seen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. In other words, it lies outside the senses. It lies outside the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You don't get it by logic, reason, or steps. But God has revealed them to us through the Spirit. Invisible. Can't see. But it witnesses, it resonates. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Man, I could, I could just sit on this, on this group of scriptures all year long. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of, of God except the spirit of God. Now, we have not received the spirit of the world. This is, this is imperative. This is important. We have not received the spirit of, of the world but we have received the Spirit, which is from God, that we might know the things, this is His ways, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How do you tap that? You learn His ways. It doesn't mean His acts are going to diminish. It doesn't mean His acts are going to suddenly evaporate. He's not going to do things supernaturally. Of course He will. Of course He will. But those that have come to an understanding in some levels of what has been revealed to us over these last few years, the next step, this is what I'm talking about, 2024 and beyond, 2024, he's going to move us into that place where we know the things by spirit, by tree of life, that have been freely given to us by God. Now, that doesn't mean you can see them. They're invisible in most cases. But that that is going to become our reality. That's the kingdom right there, my friend. That's the unending supply to which there is, is no end to it. Let me take just a deep breath. I want, I, I, want, I want all that to settle into you. So we're going to get away. The ways of God has no form. There's no steps one, two, three. The ways of God and how he unveils it is going to be 
a little different probably for each of us. But the point I'm making is the ways of God are revealed. You do not nail them down one, two, three, A, B, C. See, I, I still get messages from people that say, what, what, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? I can't tell you what to do. It's not a matter of fact of what you need to do. It's what you need to listen to and then respond. That's what you need to do. You need to get quiet until you can listen and then simply respond. No formulas, no one, two, three steps. What we're talking about this morning as we go into 24, the ways of God, they come by revelation. It's him speaking to you. It's him showing you how to tap the supply, which is invisible. It's him revealing, unpacking to you how to produce the fruit in the visible from the invisible. Here's some good advice. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. This is all a very personal thing. It's going to get more personal as we go into 24. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20. Here's, here's what he's saying. Are you, are you ready to tap his ways? I'm going to read three verses out of Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20. I guess four verses, 20, 21, 22, 23. This describes his ways. He says, my son, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. He's not talking about this. He's talking about what he speaks to you. Give attention. Give attention to it. When he speaks, give Pay attention. <laughs> don't, don't just brush it off, blow it off. I don't know if that was God or not. Listen. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Verse 21. Do not let them depart from before your eyes. Focus on it. What, what's in front of you, you'll focus on. You'll see. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Meditate on them. When you sense that God is speaking to you, saying something to you, meditate on it. Chew it over. Pull all you can out of it. Now watch when you do this. Here's, here's, here's what the way produces. In verse 2021 20, of Proverbs chapter 4, he gives us some great insight into the ways of God. Now here's what it will produce. Verse 22, for they are life to those that find them, and they are health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs or flows or, or exits the very issues of life, the power of life. The power of life springs out of that heart that is kept with all diligence. Health comes from that, out of that heart. It's a result of knowing his ways. And he gives us the key to knowing the ways. Give attention to his words. Incline your ear to his sayings. Don't let them depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Focus, meditate, and give place to. All right, let me flesh this out for you a little bit. Can we? I just want to make a little adjustment here. Let me let me flesh this out. Let, let's look at the life of Abraham from Acts or from Genesis chapter twelve. Genesis chapter twelve. This week, I want to look at Abraham and this scenario that broke out to the promises that God made him from the Old Testament. And next week, I want to look at the same story from the New Testament, and you're going to see some marked differences between Old Testament and New Testament in the story about Abraham. 
Right. Acts and ways, right? God revealed his acts to the children of Israel, his ways to Moses. Now watch how these two begin to blend together in Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord's, Lord had said to Abraham, he, he initiated, he acted. This is an act of God. Here's what he said. I want you to get out of the country and from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you. And I'll curse those that curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So there's an act that God does. He comes to Abraham and speaks. This guy was not a God follower. He wasn't a God chaser. He was an idol worshiper from, I guess it would be, you know, Mesopotamia. And God acts. Now, he, be, he reveals ways. He says, here's, here's the way. Here's, I'm going to bless every nation. Here's how we're going to do it. You're going to get out of your country, away from your family, uh, uh, to a land that I'm going to show you. I'm going to make of you a great nation. He's, he just lays it right out. He kind of intertwines the acts and the ways. Here's what I want you to do. My way is for you to get out of, out of Dodge. Don't take anything with you. Get away from your family. Now, what I want you to see in this right at the beginning, is that God spoke to Abraham, and I didn't read verse 4. Let me read verse 4. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. See, he, he, he noticed, he got into it. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from, from the country, when he departed from Haran, right? 75 years old. I mean, he, he probably wondered, what the heck's going on here? What he, pro what he told Abraham, what he, Abram, he hadn't yet become Abraham, probably blew his mind. There, there's no way, 75 years old, and there's a message for many of you that are listening to me at the Digital Cathedral, you're never too old. When God speaks, when God acts and drops a word inside of you, and you go to the tree of life and you respond to it. You don't rationalize it. If you had to rationalize it, he never would have done what he did. There comes a time that you have to trust the Holy Spirit and what the Spirit of Truth is leading and saying to you. you have, there comes a time. We, if we're going to learn his ways, we have to step over the line where we trust what is internally going on within us. Did Abraham do that perfectly? No. Did he stay at the tree of life perfectly? No. He vacillated between the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And I say that to encourage you as we go into 2024. He's going to begin to teach us his ways. His ways are simply eating at the tree of life. That's his way. A tree of response. A tree of being as Jesus did. Doing what he saw the Father do. Saying what he heard the Father say. But there are going to be times, and we're going to see that Abram did not do this perfectly. For example, in verse 4, what, what did God say? He said, I want you to leave your father's house, get out of the country, get away from your family. You're going to have to leave your family behind. Verse 4 says, So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. He wasn't supposed to take Lot. He wasn't supposed to take his nephew. We often get a prompting. 
He's revealed, the Father reveals to us his way, right? A leading. And here's where we miss it. Here's where we miss it. And there's no condemnation in this, no guilt in this. We've all been there. But I want to make you aware of it because we, as we come into 2024, I want us to cut this down. I want us, to, I want us to, to not miss it as much. Here's where we miss it. We take what he has prompted us. We take what we sense on the inside from the tree of life, which is a tree of him speaking to us. All right, And we take that to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to walk it out by what seems logical and reasonable. In this case, it was taking Lot. The instruction was, was specific. Don't take, don't take your family. Leave your family, your father's house. But Abraham thought this. Here's what Abraham did. He went to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he thought, man, Lot depends on me. The, kid, I, the kid's grown up with me. He's, he, you know, he's not going to make it. If I'm, if, I don't, if, if I'm not with him, he's not going to make it. I can't, I can't just abandon my nephew. I can't just leave him on his own. So he, he took Lot with him. I'm sure God will understand if I take Lot with me. When it, listen, all right, zero in on me. Whenever God speaks to you and you go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to work out what you feel that he has said to you, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help you get into his ways here. You can't, you can't now move this over to the wrong tree. When he speaks to you and you try to work it out at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Whatever lot that you take with you is going to bite you. Whatever lot you take with you that comes out of the wrong tree is going to cause you problems. And it did eventually with Abram and Lot. Their herdsmen got into a dispute, got angry. And so it finally came, Abram said, look, we got to split ways. You pick which, which land you want and I'll take whatever you don't want. And when we're over here at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and it doesn't work out, we blame God. Abram, at, at that point when he got into a, a, a conflict with Lot, he could have said, God, why, are, why is all this happening to me? I'm, I'm trying to follow you. You said I tried to obey you. Okay? But he didn't. And so that when you try to mix an act with the way, it's not going to blend very well. Now, he, all right, let's look on. Second thing he did, verse 7. Verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your descendants I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mount east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed going on still south. So God says, okay, Abram, here's the, here's, I'm going to give you another uh, thing from the tree of life. Here's my way. Here's my way right here. I'm, I'm giving you all this land. I, every, everything you set your foot on, I'm, I'm giving you the land. Now, here's what happens. So Abram says, okay, I got it. Verse 10. Now, there was a famine in the land that God gave to Abram. So he goes to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I mean, come on, let's be logical. We got a famine going on. I can't stay in the land. If, if God shows you his way, he will give you the provision. He's not going to shortchange you on this. 
So Abram went down to Egypt. God never said go down to Egypt. It was not part of the way that God said. He went, anytime you go back to Egypt, you're going to have problems. For the famine was severe in the land. And it came to pass as he was close to entering Egypt that he said to Sarah, his wife, indeed, I know that you're a woman of beautiful countenance. Therefore, it will happen when the Egyptians see you that they will say, this is his wife and they will kill me and they will let you live. Please say you're my sister, that it may be well with me for your sake and that I may live because of you. All right, so what happened here? God gave him the land. Abram decides on his own. He needs to, to discard it. He goes down to Egypt, eats at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil again, says, look, here's what's going to happen. They're, you're a beautiful woman. They're going to kill me so that they can have you. Now, here's, here's the grace. Even though he's, he's not following, here's the grace that God puts on this. Let's same chapter, verse 16. Verse 16. Pharaoh treated Abram well for her sake. She said, I'm, I'm his sister. And, and it says that Abram had sheep and oxen and donkeys, male and female servants, female donkeys and camels. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarah, Abram's wife. All right, now come down, let's come down to verse 19. Why did you say she is my sister? I might have taken her as my wife. Now therefore, here is your wife, take her and go and leave. So Pharaoh commanded his men concerning Abram and they sent him away with his wife and everything that he had. Here's my point, even though we mess up sometimes, we, the Father's trying to show us his way, trying to move us into his way, away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, into the tree of life. And we still go back to that tree of the knowledge of evil and mess up and foul up. The, the Spirit of God will, will bring us back around and put us back on path. Anytime you go to Egypt, it's not going to end well. It ended pretty good for Abram. He left with everything that he had. All right, now here's the fourth thing that happened. You look at this guy, Abram, you think, man, God gave him instructions, said, here's my ways, here's my ways, here's my ways. Verse Chapter 16. Remember, he said, I'm going to bless all nations in you, and which meant that Abraham was going to have children. He didn't have any children. 75 years old. It says in chapter 16, verse 1, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had bore him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, see now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go in to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. Well, this is a bright idea, right? You're talking about eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God had promised them children, but it wasn't working out. Now this is 10, 15 years later after they came out of Egypt. Then Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And Abram had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised 
in her eyes. Didn't work out well. Ten years. So the, the time finally came where Sarah said, look, we need to do something here. Let's go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Let's figure this out. And I think we got a plan B that'll work. And that is I'll give you Hagar. I'll give you, I'll give you my, my handmaiden and you can have a child with her. Right? So when you, when you trust that voice within, which connects you to the visible, invisible supply, the fruit will appear even if the father has to adjust the plan along the way. The plan is going to work out exactly like God did. It was not God's plan for Ishmael to be born. That was, that was a, a, a derivative of what Sarah and Abram figured out they needed to do. wasn't God's plan that he go down to Egypt. It was God's plan that he stay in the land that he was, was given. Yeah, but there was a famine. If God gives you something, he will, he's not going to give you something, but what he makes it able to produce abundantly for you. It wasn't his, his place to take lot. So in all these places, even though the Father is revealing his ways, Abram still several times went back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I'm saying that this morning to encourage you as we go into 2024 to make sure that you spend the time with the Father. But if for some reason, you know, consciously, unconsciously, you go back to the wrong tree, it's not the end of the story. This is a process. This is a journey that we're on with this. And God brought it to pass. Let's, let's move ahead to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21. I'm, I'm trying to bring this right down to, to where we live uh, because a Abram was made a promise, shown the ways of God, led step by step, but he still messed up. But God still brought it to the end product. The one who knows the end from the beginning factored in. He factored in every time that Abram would go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here we go. Chapter 21, Genesis, verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah all that he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time which God had spoken to him. The ways of God will bring the set time right to the per perfect moment. God knew exactly when he wanted to bring Isaac into the world. I mean, Abram's uh, uh, 100 years old and Sarah's 90, and God still did what he did because it was his way. It was his plan, and he made it happen. He brought it to fruition. It all came down to the way that God said it would. When God reveals his ways this year, and you begin to walk in the ways, I want you to know it's going to end up exactly like God said it will end up. Our Father knows the end from the beginning, and he couldn't be deterred by Abraham's missteps. He will not be deterred by your missteps. He will not be deterred by your leaving the tree of life and going to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Father didn't give up on Abraham. He's not going to give up on you. And the, 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 the logical, reasonable, what seems best, we're going to learn as we continue to eat from the tree of life, and we, we still go back to that wrong tree, we're going to learn that the end result, it seems, is not good. But I'm telling you, the end will be good. 
The problem with good, the tree of the knowledge of good, it's good. Tree of the knowledge of good. It just has one too many O's. It's not the tree of God. It's the tree of good. So what did Abraham do? He took Lot. He went to Egypt, left Egypt. That was his promised land. He had Ishmael. He lied to Pharaoh. He, he had all these foul-ups. What's working in your life and my life is learning to live only from the tree of life. No dualism. No longer do we try to logically figure it out. That which we are convinced that he is speaking to us, we respond to. That's why that time alone is necessary. I will say you're probably going to spend more time alone with the Father in 2024 than you have any other year. And as you spend time with him alone, I want you to hear me real clearly. Your dependence on a pastor or a covering, God help us, to tell you what you need to do is going to greatly diminish. This is going to be a year that you understand that the anointing which you have will teach you. And you don't have need that any man teach you. Now, what that means is you don't have need for anybody to be the ultimate voice in your life. The ultimate voice in your life is the Father. Does that mean I don't listen to anybody? No, I've got, I've got a very tight, close circle that I, that I converse with, that I, I counsel with, I ask advice from. But I know at the end of the day that I'm the one that has to know the way. I'm the one that has to determine what the Father has said for me to do, and I don't want to take a lot with me. I don't want to go down the land of Egypt. I don't need Ishmael's. I've had, I've tell you, I've got so many Ishmael's running around, I couldn't support them all. I don't want Ishmael's. I, I'm tired of the Ishmael's, tired of Egypt, tired of the lots. I'm wanting to do his ways. All right, let me give you one last little passage of scripture. This is very personalized from Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And let me, let, me, uh, let me read verses 5 through 8. It's, I, I want to leave you this morning with, with the thoughts that it's, the, it's up to you. It, it depends on you. It's uh, your way. Right? He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want you to notice all the times he says your. Trust in the Lord all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That's the tree of life. And he will direct your path. That's the fruit of the tree of life. Don't, do not be wise in your own eyes. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And here's the result. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. That's the fruit of the tree of life when you don't go your way, when you don't go the way of logic, but you lean not to your own understanding. You trust in him with all your heart. And he will direct every path, every step that you take. All right, I went a little bit over time this morning. I'm sorry, but as we come into this new year, I think there is so much. This is going to be a year that is so packed with spiritual revelation, with truth, 
with open doors. Some of you that have been on the backside of the desert for a long time, God is going to begin to move you out to the front in visibility, and I want you to be prepared for that. It's, it's time that some of you that have been learners become teachers through the life that you live. God bless you. Thank you for being with me this morning. I want to take this a step further next week from the New Testament and how it looks at the life of Abraham as we learn to function in, not the acts of God, the ways of God. We thank him for his acts. We'll accept every act that he does supernaturally, but he's bringing us into a place of maturity where we can function as Jesus did in his ways. God bless. See you next week at the Digital Cathedral. Thanks for lending us your ears. Just a quick reminder, our Digital Cathedral on YouTube gives subscribers the privilege of a front row seat every week. It's a place where our collective excitement amplifies. If you're ready to give, go to donkeithley.com and click on Donate. Your continuous support propels our growth, and for that, we're immensely grateful. Don't forget to hit that follow button and spread the love by sharing this life-giving message with your friends. Have a week filled with blessings and divine encounters. Until next time, stay in grace.